You're listening to the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Chick Whisperer podcast coming at you again from San Antonio, Texas. This is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. With me today is a new friend of mine. His name is Johnny Rains. And this guy is the president and supervising casting director of On TV Incorporated in Los Angeles, California. He's done 10 seasons of The Bachelor as part of the casting team for that starting back in 2001. Can't believe it was that long ago. And he's also done three seasons for The Bachelorette, among many other reality TV programs that you've probably heard of. And nowadays, he's got a new project, which leads us to what we're going to be talking today about. And uh, Johnny, welcome, man. Thank you, Scott. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you know, your uh, guy called me up and asked me if I would be interested in talking about this topic today. And I practically jumped out of my seat because it's perfect. I mean, I can't believe we've never talked about this ever on any of our shows. Even the X and Y on the Fly Show with Emily and I, we never talked about this. And the topic is First Love, True Love, which is the name of an upcoming show of yours. Yes. Not coincidentally. <laughs> reconnecting with old flames from the past. This is a wonderful topic. First of all, let me ask you this. How did you decide to get connected with this topic and what made you excited about casting a show like this? The number one thing that made me excited about casting a show like this is that it really it speaks to the roots and the beginning of my career, which was on a dating show, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And, and so anytime I hear about a new show that's trying to move into that space of dating and romance, it always piques my interest because I am a hopeful romantic and I do believe in true love. So that's where this project actually really resonated with me. You know, I have to believe that the whole buzz surrounding reconnecting with old loves from the past, your high school sweetheart, people in college, has to have something to do with the rise of social media, right? I would say that the rise in social media does have impact on people reconnecting in general, whether it's with their first loves or their first friend or their, you know, the bully that bullied them back in the day who now wants to apologize one way or another social media <laughs> does reconnect people but i also believe that before social media if there ever is an after social media there will always be the desire for companionship and for romance and for partnership in love so this is a what do they call it you know one of the oldest parts of human society is romance and falling in love. So I think social media has an effect on it, but I, I think this is bigger. It's bigger, Scott, than social media. Well, I guess where I'm coming from with that is, you know, say 20 years ago, you would occasionally hear about someone having gone to their 20th reunion and reconnecting with someone from high school who, you know, they either admired from afar or gone on a couple of dates with. And here they are two decades later and they realize, wow, you're like perfect for me. We should go back and rekindle this. And 
you know, now that we're two adults, hey, look how well this is going to work. Right. I've heard of that happening several times. But man, now with Facebook and the ability to literally reconnect with most of your graduating class from high school or very many of the people you went to college with and put those names with faces and lifestyles of who they are now and a daily tally of what they're about, it's becoming more and more commonplace for me to get emails, messages, even requests for coaching calls from people saying, hey, look, I've uh, reconnected with this person on Facebook or even on Twitter, for God's sake, or on Instagram. And, you know, we've made the decision to meet and we liked each other. And well, here we are. We're going after it again. And sometimes this is at the expense of extant relationships they have. In other words, maybe they're dating someone or even married allegedly happily to someone with kids and they're reconnecting with people who were old flames from Facebook. And sometimes that's even getting them into trouble. So there's kind of a light side and a dark side of this. I mean, is any of that going to play into the show at all? Wow. You, you hit the nail on the head, which is this kind of uh, reconnection can have a profound effect on a person's life. The story and the journey and the experience of the daters is what we get to watch unfold in front of us as the show moves through its series phases. So that is possible. You never know. You know, that's what's great about reality television, in my opinion, is that when it's authentic and people have real drama that's not contrived or produced, you just don't know what's going to happen. And to your point about people using social media to reconnect or in the old days, maybe people would have to wait till their high school reunion, for example, or until they went home for the holidays. But now it's just, you know, happens in our daily lives as we use social media. But there was a study done at Cal State University recently that established this fact, which is what the show is based on, that childhood sweethearts who reconnect later in life have a better than 70% chance of staying together forever. So if the playing field is right, and for us, we're, we're not looking to break anyone up. We're looking to you know, unite a couple. So in our, our realm, it's better if people come to us if they're single and maybe they can be dating, but not we're, we're not trying to break up any marriages or uh, any serious relationships. We're trying to create them. Okay, so this isn't that kind of reality show. Correct. This is a <laughs> okay. uplifting, romantic, beautiful, neat, cool, very different than what I would say is kind of like the old style of reality. It's interesting, Scott, because as we were saying at the beginning of our interview today, My career has spanned almost the lifetime of reality television as as we know it in the pop culture of today. Started at the beginning of The Bachelor and continued. I've overseen casting on Super Nanny and Wife Swap and a bunch of other shows on cable. So I've seen it, the spectrum of different kinds of programming. And honestly, to me, the stuff that I like to watch the most in the reality space is the stuff that's authentic. I'm not a big fan of, let's say, shows where women are throwing tables and drinks at each other, although it is entertaining. Um, But I'm more a fan of a show that gives the audience something new or, or teaches people something like Super Nanny, for example, or, you know, putting people in I don't know if you or any of your listeners have ever heard of or seen the show Naked and Afraid, where the drama is 
literally these people could drop dead of hypothermia if they don't find something to create a fire with. Like that kind of authentic real drama is really appealing to me. And in this first love, true love project that we're casting now, the real drama is what is it that broke those people up when they were teenagers? What is it that's bringing them back together independently of our help? And will those same forces that pulled them apart in high school rip them apart again? So this isn't like Bridezilla's or Real Housewives of Poughkeepsie, New York. This is <laughs> something completely different, something a little bit more uplifting. Now, you know, Johnny, I seem to remember a show probably five, seven years ago where this guy would connect long lost children with their birth parents and he would help them locate them and find them. I think the show was actually called The Locator. Right was on one of the women's networks and uh, the guy would kind of reconnect them and it'd be this tearjerker story at the end. And he would just be walking down the road. He would leave them to connect and mm. have this kind of big denouement at the end of the show. You know, that was really amazing. And that's kind of like what I picture your show doing, right? But you're trying to help these people who have already found each other, continue that relationship and kind of follow it along and watch it. You're not necessarily making it happen or helping someone find someone who's long and lost and nurturing that along, are you? Well, we don't have a host in this scenario of this show, First Love, True Love. Okay. So that's a big difference. Um, so there's no super nanny making people behave properly in this show. But what there is, is the show's producers create an opportunity for these two, let's call them long lost lovers or first time lovers to come back together with a group of producers and creative people on both sides of their relationship to help them rekindle their romance. So the show is different from The Locator in those ways, but it, it has, I think, still at its core an altruistic, kind-hearted vibe to it, which is important. And I think that's what the future of reality or factual television is is destined to become. I think that mean-spirited shows, they have had their place, but you know this is where destiny meets drama, and the romance of the date is important, and the anxiety, the trepidation, the excitement, the butterflies that each person on either side of the couple gets before they go out on the date and what happens after the date is, I think, where this show is is maybe a little different from The Locator, for example. But my guess is that they may not have stayed with the families very long after they were reconnected. Whereas this project scenario, we get to see what happens after they reconnect. Are you going to stay with one couple for an entire show and then move to another couple? Or are you going to follow a number of couples throughout the season? Or how is that going to be structured? For this series, we are going to follow a group of four to six couples. So we're casting across the country now for couples, one side or the other, um, who are interested in this exciting experience. So let's say there's a gentleman in your audience who has thought about reconnecting with his high school sweetheart. Like you said, perhaps they're even friends on Facebook or they like each other's 
streams on Instagram, but they live in different cities and they have just different lives. We're looking for people who are, you know, in their 20s and 30s and in their, you know, 40s and in their active phases of life. So who knows why they haven't actually physically reconnected, but they could be connected on social media. We bring them together. We, you know, understand that there might be flights involved and whomever is cast in the show would be working with our team and the budgets that are associated with the television series to execute these amazing dates. So it's a cool opportunity for four to six couples. And if anybody's listening to this within, say, a week to 10 days after we launch the podcast, that window for casting is still open. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that URL right now. It's www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash on TV, just like it sounds, on TV. That's www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash on TV. And you can connect with Johnny and his team. And maybe you'll be on this show if you're the right candidate, you and yours. Now, Johnny, I want to go ahead and get back to the concept itself, because I think that's uh, something that these guys want to hear more about. This whole idea of reconnecting with someone from your past. You just said something very fascinating a few minutes ago, and that's that these relationships really actually tend to work. This isn't pie in the sky. This isn't something really stupid and ill-advised that people are going to do like maybe meeting someone on eHarmony and flying clear across the country after having chit-chatted for six or seven months only to realize the fantasy was just blown up as soon as someone stepped off a plane. These are two people who actually know each other, have a history with each other, perhaps have even been fantasizing about each other, maybe even secretly for years, decades before meeting again. So that kind of gives some credence to this whole thing, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely correct. And there are doctors, psychologists, human behavior experts, all who say this same thing. And in fact, one of the doctors whose work is at the core of this project, her name is Dr. Helen Fisher. She's written about it and she speaks about this topic. And she says, if the timing is right, reuniting with your first love can literally trigger your brain circuitry to instantly fall back in love, even at first sight. So You make a good point and the science is there and that's another interesting aspect of this show is that it's based on science. It's where like science and romance intersect and as we like to say, because we're TV producers, this is where destiny meets drama. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking, rolling through all the file cards in my mind of everything I've written about and talked about over the years and what jumped to the forefront was this whole idea of deserving what you want, which is, of course, our strap line. It's what we're all about. Meaning, you know, you're the person that the person you want is actually wanting in return. Being that person involves not only choosing the right person to be with and being the right person for that person in return, but also timing. I mean, if you're 16 years old or you're 21 years old even, Let's say you're even in college. I mean, obviously, for most people, 16 is very young, not even adulthood. And you may have this girl in your life, if you're a guy, who is absolutely perfect for you and, dare I say, your soulmate. But by God, you're not going to get married when you're 16. You might not even be close to getting married when you're 21. And you don't want to get married anytime soon. 
And then, of course, graduation happens. You move to separate places, live separate lives. The breakup inevitably happens. And it isn't that this person was wrong for you. It's that the timing was all off. Meanwhile, if you fast forward five, seven years, you may be ready to settle down and have kids. She may be ready to settle down and make babies. The timing's altogether perfect. The question is, and this, of course, is where destiny meets drama and romance meets science, as you said so eloquently. Now you have the right person and the right time. And I agree, it'll be fascinating to see what happens. Now, I do want to play devil's advocate here. Because here's the other thing that jumped to the forefront of my mind as I was thinking. I've reconnected personally with lots of friends on Facebook, male and female, people I've even worked for, people who worked for me, coworkers, people from past lives, people from hobbies and interests I'm not even associated with anymore, but human beings I've known over the years. And since I'm in my 40s, it's been a couple decades or more since I've seen some of these people. And I've noticed there's a huge disparity in terms of the identity of these people today compared to who they were back when I hung out with them. For example, I have a friend from high school, one of my best friends from high school. I swear, Johnny, he's the same exact person he was when he was 17. He never grew up. I mean, you know, he went and got a job. He's kind of been doing the same job his whole adult life, makes good money at it and everything. But his whole mindset, his whole demeanor... His personality, he's absolutely the same guy. It's like, you know, you never changed. Meanwhile, one of my roommates from college, I talked to him for the first time in like 25 years, and I could not believe I was talking to the same person. He's since gotten an advanced degree and now is a big-time professional and, you know, deeper voice, slower, a lot more calm, cool, and collected. The dude just went through a transformation. So... That's a huge factor in all of this. Is this person going to be the same person I knew back then, or are they going to be completely different? And where are the boundaries and the parameters where that's a good thing or a not so good thing? Is this part of what you're exploring with the show? Well, that's a really good point, Scott, that most people change, at least even if it's just a simple physiological change from puberty, teenage years, adolescence, adulthood. But in this day and age of Facebook, as you mentioned in regards to you know social media across you know every every platform of social media, these people that we're casting will not be long lost loves in the true sense of the words because they'll probably already be connected. What we're doing is we're taking them in out of the virtual world and putting them into the real world together, and that is a possibility that, like you were saying before about fantasies and and how people build stuff up in their mind before they're faced with it in reality. Anything could happen. And that's what's exciting. But we're hoping that it ends in full-blown romance. And there's an engagement, a wedding, and all the positive, beautiful things that can come out of a a great, successful relationship. Well, I have to tell you, you know, I'm going to hit the big 5-0 this year. Some people may not know that. So I'm at the age where rediscovering some of the girls in particular that I knew in high school and college can be a delightful experience or a traumatic experience. (laughs) It's kind of like the old Jay Giles song about, you know, my angel is a centerfold. My memories have just been sold. You know, sometimes I feel like my memories have just been sold. when I look (laughs) at some of these pictures of women who I used to just absolutely lust after in high school and 
in college. I kind of wish I would have been left with my memories, if you know what I mean. I'm being euphemistic. Whereas other, other ones of these women look absolutely fantastic and wonderful. And the strange thing is you almost can't predict. And then certain people have gone on to become amazing, impressive individuals. And these women are cool, adventurous chicks doing cool things and speaking to crowds. And, you know, it's just an amazing thing what some of your peers from high school and college have done. Meanwhile, others, you're completely amazed they didn't do so much with their lives or they haven't become much or they've let themselves go. Yes. Now, you're saying that the couples you're working with have already kind of connected somehow before you meet them. So these won't be any surprise meetings. These won't be any, this is your life meetings <laughs> from the old show. You know, like you're going to thrust people in front of each other who've never seen each other in 20 years. That's not part of the show, right? It, there's an aspect, I think, of that that would be part of the show and that's part of people's real lives, which is this idea that though you're connected on Facebook, Facebook, you know, you have to make a conscious decision what you're going to post on Facebook. You have to type out your posts. You have to upload your picture. So you can control what people see and what your image is on social media. When you're face-to-face -face over a glass of, you know, champagne in a hot air balloon on a date, you know, you're really there. So it's an aspect, I think, of this project where... Yes, maybe people might have seen the photos of, you know, what you look like now, but the actual face-to-face -face experience is something that will unfold on camera as we, the audience, watch these people and their journey toward romance or towards reconnecting r romance. Now, I'm curious, do you have designs on maybe having a couple in their 20s, one in their 30s, one in their 40s, or is this kind of like you'd rather have them all be from the same milieu for the sake of attracting a certain audience? Well, this is for a television network that their demo is uh, early 20s to mid to late 40s. So that's the age range that we're casting. And I believe that everyone knows someone, if it's not them themselves, who is already just from listening to us thinking, you know, what happened to that chick that was in my biology class? You know, it's, it's like as people start to hear this and think about it, and especially if they're not currently attached now, they may already be thinking about their first love. And that's what's interesting about this topic as I bring it up to people. I've been talking to people across the country. People come to, you know, our website or they follow us on social media at On TV Inc., to see what's happening. And we try to keep people updated on the casting process because that is very interesting. So we'll see. I think we're looking for the best stories, couples that are the most pregnant with possibilities. Pardon the use of the word pregnant. Figuratively. <laughs> We'd be kind of rushing things otherwise. Jim. Right. Although, like I said, anything can happen. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> You know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm going back to social media, and I'm really kind of surprised you said that, ah, you know what, social media isn't such a big deal in all this. It kind of happened before. One of the things I realized, you know, long after I've been married to the woman of my dreams, which is Emily, of course, we got married in 2006, and Facebook really wasn't a thing till several years later. One of the things I realized was when I was divorced back in 2002, my favorite girlfriend from college was actually single again also, living on the East Coast somewhere. And I didn't realize that till 
when Facebook came out. Actually, it was just a couple of years ago. And of course, I looked at her and she's still very cute and everything. And I'm sure we would have gotten along. And I have no desire to contact her now for obvious reasons. But I couldn't help but think to myself, man, had I known she was single back in 2003, would I have been able to resist the urge to pick up the phone and call her, even though I live 1,500 miles away from her? And I'm going to predicate this on the fact that I have always thought long-distance relationships were a cruddy idea, okay? And I'll go on record with that now. It's much better, if you can, to date someone who lives closer to you. In other words, if you're standing in Los Angeles, Johnny, and you're considering going to New York City and meeting someone, my first question to you is, how come you can't find someone who's suitable for you in a city of 20 million people where you live? So what I tell people in New York when they're looking to Los Angeles is, you know, if you can't find a date right there where you live in a huge metropolis like New York, you shouldn't be looking to Chicago or Los Angeles. You should be looking in the mirror because I don't think that's going to solve your problems. I call that, you know, living vicariously through oneself. You know, you're going to have this fantasy relationship elsewhere with someone who you haven't even met yet. I've met couples who are engaged, like he mailed her a diamond ring and they've never met each other before. <laughs> I've met couples who are engaged who've never met each other before who don't even speak the same language. Hmm. Go and try to figure that one out. So there's got to be an element of fantasy to this. What are you going to do when you have couples on these shows who you've casted and somewhere in the middle of the process of filming this show over the course of the season, everything falls apart. The wheels fall off. Are you just going to lose touch with that couple and continue with the others? Like you said, anything can happen. So are you prepared for that? I'm sure you are. Well, the human drama of everyday experiences is part of what we, in the unscripted world of television and content production, thrive on. So we create an opportunity for people to live and experience and make mistakes or, or have victories and have failures so that other people can see and relate to it. So a perfect setting and a perfect scenario and a perfect relationship does not exist in this imperfect world. So I think the answer is yes, the producers are ready for whatever happens. And that's why I'm reaching out to the guys, and I'm sure there's some women in your audience too. You know, I'm reaching out to your audience to say, hey, you know, this is an opportunity to not just reconnect with your first love, but also to inspire the whole country whether you're in a relationship or not, everyone knows what it's like to be in love. And I think no matter how cynical or hardened people might be, we always kind of want, you know, the true love to work out. We always want Danny and Sandy to get back together in the end. Whether they do or not. (laughs) Well, they did in the movie. Remember they drive off. You mean like in the movie Grease, Danny and Sandy. Yes, exactly. Danny and That's always the happy ending, isn't it? Everyone wants Danny and Sandy back together. So that's ultimately what this show is about, is creating a happy ending that had a huge, long, drawn-out middle to the story and the plot, right? Bingo. <laughs> Looks like a <laughs> nail in the head. Before we close this show, you mentioned the magic words real world earlier. That's my first memory of what I would consider to be a reality TV show, was MTV's Real World. Now, that was back in the early 90s, wasn't it? Correct. That yeah. is what people think of as one of the trailblazers for reality. 
But actually, and because you are the age that you are, you may recall or maybe, you know, it'll sound familiar from your your Gen X origins. There was a show in the 70s called uh, The Loud Family, which was on PBS that was about, uh, it was really true documentary television at its beginning where they put cameras into the household of a Southern California family that worked in the industry. The mother was an agent. I'm not sure what, I think the dad was an attorney and the family just like imploded from within over. Sounds like the Kardashians. Right. It does sound like the Kardashians, but even earlier. And this is what started, I think the whole thing. And it was PBS. It's critically acclaimed. It was very, very popular. In England, there were um, a few early documentary-style series that were part of the BBC. But in terms of what we see today, which is like the real soap opera, The Real World, I think, was one of the early ones, as was The Bachelor and Survivor. Those shows laid the groundwork and foundation for pretty much everything that you see now that's in the unscripted genre. Well, man, the real world, they intentionally cast those shows to create massive drama. It was amazing. I think it's interesting you say that it was intentionally cast to create drama. Because I, I am in casting and I've worked in reality for as long as I have, I stand behind this statement that drama is an inherent part of anyone's life. You put someone, you know, a group of people in an environment where their relationships are under a microscope, and I think you'll get drama. So I think casting for drama versus casting for authenticity are two different things. And I would stake my career on this fact that if you can find authentic people who are really in the struggle of whatever they're doing, being and living and breathing their truth, that's where your drama is going to come from. And it's going to be far richer and more relatable and more compelling than casting just, you know, somebody who is a train wreck with no reason, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. And, you know, when I hit about age 35, I sort of fell out of MTV's demographic immediately and suddenly. (laughs) It was amazing how I suddenly was more interested in red wine than I was MTV right at age 35. (laughs) (laughs) I started looking on those shows, those old reruns from Real World, which would still play. And I would go, my God, these 23-year-old kids take themselves so seriously. Exactly. Everything is such a huge, fat, hairy deal. Like, you got home late on purpose, and you were looking at my girlfriend, and I think so-and-so wants to sleep with so-and-so. Man, you know, you hit your late 30s and your early 40s, and you just don't care about that stuff anymore. It's just amazing. I'm thinking if you guys have couples in their 20s, 30s, and 40s on the show that you're doing, First Love, True Love, it's going to be amazing just to monitor the differences in how they interact and how those relationships develop in spite of their ages or because of their age group they're in. I think that'll bring lots of depth to that show. I really am looking forward to seeing it. Emily and I will watch it. Great. Yeah. It was inspired by true life events. One of the executive producers' brother had exactly the same experience in Kentucky, and that gave birth to this concept. And now we're trying to find real people who are 
open to this reconnection, but living this scenario already. So I appreciate you having me on your show, Scott, and talking to your audience. And who knows, maybe there's a romance in the wings waiting to happen because somebody heard this interview that you and I are doing today. Well, I really appreciate it. I think it's been a wonderful topic, and I think everybody who's listening is really going to have appreciated having their minds kind of challenged a little bit by it. His name is Johnny Rains. He's the president and supervising casting director for On TV Incorporated in Los Angeles. And if you want to see what he's got going on and perhaps even apply it to be cast on the show First Love, True Love Yourself, go to www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash on TV, on TV, and take a look. And you know, it just crossed my mind that if you go to our Facebook page, which is at facebook.com front slash Scott and Emily, S-C-O-T-A-N-D-E-M-I-L-Y. And I believe also if you go to the chickwhisperer.com Facebook, it will magically teleport you to the same page. And you log in to start getting my newsletter, which you should be doing already because I send you actionable steps to get better with women or get better as a man, get better in your relationships. And I do that every day. If you go ahead and join my newsletter from the Facebook page, you'll get a special report on how to reconnect with someone on Facebook, which I wrote a couple years ago. I'm just now remembering I actually give that away on my Facebook page. So go check that out. And once again, thank you, Johnny, for joining us today. It's been a tremendous show. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Scott. You have a great day. You too, man. And until I talk to you all again real soon on the next episode of The Big Show, this is Scott McKay in San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for The Chick Whisperer Podcast.